The Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. Good morning, and thank you for joining host Cheryl Esposito for an intriguing hour of Leading Conversations. Each week, Cheryl brings together big thinkers to the Voice America Business Channel. Now here's your host, Cheryl Esposito. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Leading Conversations today. This is Cheryl Esposito, and today we have a special guest, Martin Root, and our show is called The Humanity of Leadership. He certainly is an expert in this field. Martin is co-author of the New York Times bestseller, Chicken Soup for the Soul at Work, and some great stories in that book. And his newest book um, is in development, The Work of Humanity, Project Heaven on Earth. He's also co-authored a book, a very powerful book, called Seeking the Sacred, Leading a Spiritual Life in a Secular World. Good morning, Martin. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Cheryl. Thank you. Oh, so glad to have you here. Thank you. So where are you today? I'm in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Oh, it's a beautiful time of the year to be in Santa Fe. It is. It's The sun is shining in. Tiny little bit of snow on the ground. Yep. Oh, wow. That is great. Well, now Santa Fe is a pretty interesting place to live. Now, you're not from Santa Fe, are you? Originally from Canada, from a city called Hamilton near Toronto, yeah. But we've been in the States for... Uh, going on to 18 years now. Oh, boy. So you've made this your home. Uh, here, and uh, I, we spend the summers up in Canada. Oh, no. oh, that's beautiful. How wonderful. So today, Martin, we're here to talk about the humanity of leadership. Um, and given what's happening around the world these days, um, I would think that leadership needs a bit of humanity, a little dose of humanity to help it along. Um, I would like to have you share with us a little bit about your books and some of your insights from that. And also, to start out, if you could just give us a sense of you know, what you mean by the humanity within leadership. How, does that, how would you define that? Well, Cheryl, I think we've forgotten that we are individuals who are also part of the human family. And so my work in the last about seven or eight years, and we're going to talk about all the facets today, um, has been focusing on that. You talked about my book, um, The Work of Humanity, Project mm-hmm. Heaven on Earth, which is looks at people's vision for the kind of world they want. Yeah. Um, I've also co-edited uh, a book, Chicken Soup for the Soul at Work, and that book is about um, really how work is soul-destroying um, for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Soul-squashing would be a better word. Mm-hmm. And how we can all be leaders in our own way, mm-hmm. in our own lives, and, and how we can be leaders in terms of having the kind of world we want. I think mm-hmm. there, there's a belief that we have that, you know, who am I? I'm just a, you know one guy from this little town in Canada, or you're a woman, or this person's Chinese or black or white or pink or whatever reason we use to say that we can't affect the world positively or, or at the, to the extent that we want. So I, I've begun to look at those issues of you know, what's the, what kind of world do we want and what do we need to do to get people engaged in whatever way. I mean, they can take on ending hunger. They can smile at ten people today. Hmm. But whatever way they choose, to say, okay, here's how I'm going to begin to change the world. And, and just imagine that multiplied over hundreds and then thousands and millions of people. And you, you, you begin to get you know, a sense of momentum. 
you begin to get a sense of acceleration, and you begin to get a sense of <clears throat> a new story of what it means mm-hmm. both both to be a human being mm-hmm. as well as a new story of what it means to be humanity. So that's the essence of my work. You know, it, it seems to me that people are so focused these days on doing, on getting through the to-do list, on running from one appointment to the next, on making sure that the kids get to soccer practice, etc., that there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of time for being. And it seems to me that the being element is what you're speaking around. I am. I think that's the core. Uh, being having to do with what's my spirit, what's mm-hmm. my purpose, what's my vision, and taking some reflective time out. You know, all the management retreats that I've done with companies, uh, one of the biggest uh, objections to doing a retreat is, oh, my God, we can't afford that kind of time. We've got so much to do. Mm-hmm. But after they do the three or four, whatever, how many, many days uh, retreat that we do, they're always blown away by how valuable it was to take that time out and 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 rather than being in the forest to go up to the ranger station so you get a view of you know where where have we been where are we and most importantly where do we want to go yeah well and you know what i've always liked about these um books the chicken soup series books and the one you've co-written chicken soup for the soul is that um even though they may be short, these stories are almost like taking little mini retreats. You know, well, they're just taking those moments out and putting yourself in a different mindset. That's a wonderful way to say it. I'd never, I'd never heard it put that way, but it's true. I mean, the, the stories in, in Chicken Soup for the Soul at work are two, three pages at the most, very quick to read. Yeah. Um, and we actually go in and do chicken soup storytelling sessions in workplaces. I don't know if I ever told you that before. No, no. Yeah, we do, we do. Um, and uh, when you walk in, people are like, oh, my God, what's he going to do? And so, you know, they get, they get a book about two weeks ahead of time, and they're asked to read as much as they can. Uh, but they're very leery because they're leery of the consultant coming in with the new prescription that they have to follow. And I don't do any of that. I just say, you know, we're going to tell some stories. And uh, I tell one or two stories, and uh, I say, do you have anything to say? No, usually no, nothing. They're, you know, they're, cause they're tr- trying to suss out what this is all about. Then about the third or fourth story that I tell, somebody will put their hand up and say, you know, let me tell you what that story means to me. Oh. And then somewhere around the sixth uh, to eighth story, I mean, you can count on it like clockwork. Really? Somebody will stand up and say, you know, I got a story I want to tell you. And then, then it's over. I mean, then they just, <laughs> they just stand up and tell story after story. Really? Because it's a way for them to share what's important to them without being ridiculed or made fun of because what's the worst thing that you can do when, when somebody tells you a story? You, you don't like it, but there's no, there's no sense of ridicule or laughing at. We did a session with uh, Federal Express once with a bunch of their personnel, HR uh, um, representatives, and it was supposed to be an hour and a half, half of a three-hour meeting, and the, the second half was going to be their business meeting. And at the end of the uh, hour and a half, I turned to the vice president and I said, what are we supposed to do now? And he just said, forget the business meeting, just go ahead. Because they were so into telling stories about really? their work oh. that we did the whole three hours on storytelling. Oh, wow. And you must have gotten amazing feedback from the participants, like things like, I've never been in a retreat like that. You know? or, or even a meeting, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, they, they never have because they're so used to 
the consultant coming in and telling them what to do because I've got this new prescription about how you should, you know, improve your your life or whatever, rather than telling stories, which as you, as you tell more stories, you can actually, Cheryl, feel the room changing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it goes deeper. It gets out of its head. It goes into its heart, into its soul. Um, it, it's really wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know what? Rather than... Why don't we just do a little... Can we do a story now? Oh, okay. yes, yes. Well, this is one of my favorite stories. Actually, this is a, uh, one of the first stories we got in the book. Um, uh, this is a friend of mine, Richard Porter and his wife, who were... Uh, I think it was their wedding anniversary, they were, so they took the day off work, both of them. They were wandering around downtown Toronto, and they decided to go for lunch at the Four Seasons Hotel. Very, very nice, very upscale. And they they go into the uh, upscale dining room and uh, for lunch, and there's a tablecloth and all kinds of glassware and silverware, and the menus are presented, and she orders a salad and he orders a sandwich. They wait a couple minutes, and the order comes, and she Eat away, and in her uh, salad is the tip of a rubber glove. <laughs> and she freaks out, of course, and, and calls the waitress over and, and looks and goes, Oh my God, and I'll be right back. And she walks away, comes back with the maitre d', and the maitre d' says, Madam, I am terribly sorry. Let us erase the memory of this experience. Oh, that's he, great. Wait, wait, he orders. The other staff in the restaurant to come over, they completely strip the table, everything gone. They reset the table. Oh my. They represent the menus. They redo the order. They have a wonderful lunch, and they ask for the bill at the end, and the maitre d' comes over and says, no charge. Wow. That's beautiful. Isn't that fabulous? That's, now, boy, talk about a story about impeccable service. I, I mean... You know, they could have just apologized and, and comped the meal, mm-hmm. but no. They, I mean, to strip a table, yeah. you know, with all that stuff on it and then come back and do it again. So, you know, we have stories like that in the book about service and about following your heart and creativity mm-hmm. at work and overcoming yeah. obstacles. And so just story, 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 story. And and uh, it's amazing what it does. We, we even had a woman in Dallas who got her master's degree using our book. She did two groups at a transportation company. Yes. One group had uh, nine weeks of a chapter a week of our, of our book, and one group had nothing. And she did all these studies, you know, before and after, and people were much calmer and ha- had a sense of relationship with each other and uh, felt more at home at the company and nourished at the company. I mean, these are all, you know, statistical studies which I want to go, go into. But so... On the heart and soul level, it works, and on the academic mm-hmm. statistical level, mm-hmm. it also works. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there's an art to storytelling, and there's actually there are people who teach people how to tell stories. I mean, and and so since this whole um, I don't know, but the movement has begun um, recently, people actually feel less competent to tell stories, which I think is unfortunate um, because they think that there's a right way and a wrong way. And yet storytelling has been a primary way of sharing information, of sharing family history forever. And, you know, it's, it seems like, you know, are there is there anything you can tell people about telling stories or do you have a couple little nuggets you can share with people about how to do it, do it well? You know, the issue is they just want the authentic you. Mm. That's what they're after. Um, 
And so why these story selling sessions for us work so well, I think, is you just get more and more authenticity from people as they mm-hmm. tell stories, and the whole room kind of deepens. And you don't get a lot of that in the workplace. Mm-hmm. And rather than me coming in and saying, you know, I think you guys should all be authentic, which is nice but wouldn't work, right. if, you, if you do it through storytelling, you get the same result, and it's done really almost organically because you can't resist a story. I mean, if I come and say to you, Cheryl, three guys walk into a bar, <laughs> right, and you're going, yeah, 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 and, and, and. <laughs> I mean, whether it's a joke or a story. Like, right. Because right. You're, you're like, well, the, what's the worst thing that can happen? You right. won't like the story. The, right, right. So the armor comes down, the, the sharing of values, because story comes from the same word as storehouse. We store values in stories. Oh, wow, that's great. Martin, we're going to go to a break. Okay. We'll be right back to talk more about this. Thanks, Cheryl. All we talk about is money. Call us toll-free, 866-472-5790, and talk to the experts. We talk money all the time. Voice America Business. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. More and more business people recognize the importance of spirituality in their work. How do busy professionals discover what rings true for them? Embracing the journey with Karen Humphrey Salad explores what it means to be spiritually fulfilled in business and how to integrate spiritual direction into a career. Expert guests, authors, and inspiring speakers join Karen every week to discuss such issues as honesty, compassion, generosity, ethics, and integrity in the workplace. Take a positive step forward to greater life balance. Tune into Embracing the the journey with Karen Humphrey Salad, broadcasting every Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. Money, money, up to date business and financial news. Money, money. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866 472 5790. 866 472 5790. Voice America Business. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. Welcome back, and we're speaking with Martin Root today. And we have um, a whole lot to talk about. Martin, before break, we were talking about Chicken Soup for the Soul at Work, which you co-authored and the art of storytelling. And I know that there's so much more people could learn about this. Can you share the website that people yeah. can go to to get more information? They can go to uh, martinroot.com, and root is R-U-T-T-E, and uh, click on the chicken soup button, and they'll Great. get um, how they can actually set up a chicken soup storytelling group in their own oh. workplace on their own. That's terrific. That's fantastic. Now, I know that, you know, 
the workplace has been um, very inspiring for you, and you have spent um, a lot of your career focusing on how to make the world a better place for people who work, which is about 99% of us, and you have founded the Center for Spirituality in the Workplace. Tell us about you know, what, what inspired you to do this, and, and what is the purpose? Um, the Center for Spirituality in the Workplace is at the Sobey School of Business at St. Mary's University in Halifax, Canada. It's the first academic center of its kind uh, in Canada, and uh, there are like three or four in the U.S., and it deals specifically with spirituality in the workplace. Mm-hmm. I've been doing this for 20 years in spirituality and work, and I saw very early on that one of the levers would be to get into a business school and get into the, the educational arena so that we could talk about spirituality, not, Cheryl, and this is very important, not from a proselytizing particular point of view, mm-hmm. like we know the answer and you don't, mm-hmm. and, and you know our, our point of view is correct, but rather we view spirituality as an inquiry, as, a, as an ongoing question. So in the same way that a business person will say, how do I make my business successful? And they'll ask that every day, and no matter what answer they come up with, they still keep asking the question because it's in the ongoing asking that the field broadens and deepens. Mm-hmm. In the same way, we view spirituality as an inquiry. So how can I make my, my work life more spiritual for me? So I went to the... Uh, to this business school, and it's the predominant, uh, preeminent rather, business school in Eastern uh, Canada, Eastern English-speaking Canada, not mm-hmm. French. Yeah. And I said I wanted to set up a center that dealt both with spirituality and that was global. And so they were a little leery because they didn't know what to do, and he didn't, you know, the the dean at the time wanted me to use the phrase workplace values instead of spirituality, mm-hmm. and I said, no, Al, it's got to be spirituality or I'm not doing it. Um, and to their credit, they went for it. It's now four years old. And oh, let me tell you the, the purpose. So the purpose is, and I'll say this slow and twice, positively and strategically influencing the conversation and accomplishments about spirituality and the workplace globally. Hmm. Positively and strategically. So we want to influence this conversation so that people feel free and safe and permissible and comfortable talking about spirituality. Mm. But in addition to the conversation, also the accomplishment. So positively and strategically influencing the conversation and mm. accomplishments about spirituality and the workplace globally. Mm. And so we do that through conferences, through research. Uh, we have two undergraduate programs. We have a, a monthly speaker series where, in which we bring in people to talk about this and advertise it to the community. We have uh, four Ph.D. students. We have uh, visiting scholars who come from other right. countries to look at what we're doing, press coverage. Mm-hmm. We have a, a website, uh, an email list, and we've set up an inter-university academic research committee. All of this designed to say, look, it's okay to engage in this in, in many ways. So, you know, we've looked at existentialism. Mm-hmm. We've looked at meaning, at job love at various religions and what they say about it. Um, and, and our board is composed of, um, we have Jew, uh, Catholic, Protestant, Buddhist, Hindu. So, And we had a Muslim woman from Dubai who was on our board at one time. So we're across the religion. We even had somebody who wasn't even religious. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. So across the board, looking at 
what is spirituality? How do we engage with this? How do we, you know, provide a catalyst for people? And so one of our PhD students said, you know, when I came here, it never even crossed my mind, but because I saw this all going on, I decided that, yeah, that's really what I did want to do. And so he, he's now um, in, involved in his thesis looking at uh, meaning at work. Well, you know, it, it's um, the word spirituality is has such a charge on it these days, and and that actually has come from the how how religion I think has grown up. You know, religion has grown up um, in some ways creating divide rather than creating collaboration, and um, the institutions of religion, and so. With that, the concept of spirituality has become attached to that, and so in the workplace, you know, you don't you don't talk about that. You don't talk about religion. You don't talk about politics in the in the American culture. You know, there's I mean, this is kind of you know the norm. You know, don't talk about politics. Don't talk about religion because you know you'll have an, a fight on your hands. Um, and, and of course, that says a whole lot about the American culture and how conflict, you know, difference of opinion is not okay, which is interesting in itself. But how do we go from this, where people are so stuck in this feeling that spirituality is about religion or an institution, to spirituality is a discourse in how I live my life? Um. A couple of things let me speak to. Um, first of all, I, I want to talk about um, something that a, a friend of mine who's passed away, Brother Wayne Teasdale, talked about um, spirituality and religion. And he said, in fact, Martin, they're not opposite ends of a mm-hmm. spectrum. He said they're both branches of the same tree. Mm-hmm. And I said, what tree? And he said, the tree of the direct experience of the divine. Oh, my. So for some people, the way in is through spirituality and they reject religion. For others, the way in is through religion and they respect mm-hmm. a kind of more secular mm-hmm. uh, spirituality. I think part of our job is to um, unattach the negativity that some people view religion with and the negativity that some people view spirituality with and right. in fact see if we can we actually had this conversation this morning with um, one of the professors up there one of the, the guys who teaches the course about how can we bridge this supposed divide um, because it, the issue for me is not people proselytizing religion and therefore religion is bad mm-hmm. the issue is the proselytizing itself yes so if I say to you, no, you've got to go and rob banks. That's the way to live a good life. <laughs> you know, you go, why? Are you crazy? Yeah. Um, so it's the proselytizing. And, and what, you know, 20 years ago in, 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 uh, in business, Cheryl, the only kinds of conversation I could have with you would be about my business. So profitability, marketing, advertising, accounting, all the traditional business conversations. Then the human being started coming in, and, and the only thing we could talk about is, in, in our humanness was my career. And then we we began to expand the notion of the human in business. So, mm-hmm. we you know we talked about um, being black, being gay, being a woman, being an alcoholic, being a drug abuser, my mental health, my physical health. And every time one of those conversations came in, people said, "Oh no, you can't talk about that. It's going to yeah. cause division." But we found ways to talk about those issues that were 
um, respectful and dignified and useful mm-hmm. so that now people go, oh, yeah, well, we can talk about gay or black or, or you know, whatever. But the last issue for me is spirituality. And if you look at it, it, it has the same energetics as those other issues. Oh, you can't talk about this, you can't talk about this. Yeah. Because they're afraid that it's going to cause upset and therefore loss of productivity and profitability. Right. But we can find ways, which is what our center's about, of doing this naturally and organically and respectfully and usefully. And the kinds of people we have who come to our lecture, we had a used car dealer come to one of our lectures. Um, it's amazing. We're looking for a new executive director, and we've had um, a tremendous response. And the headhunter who's looking said, I didn't believe that there was this many people at this at senior levels out there who were interested in this field and wanted to come and work in it. So we know that it's present, but that people are afraid to talk about it. It's like there's a hunger. There's a deep hunger. And so how can we make that safe and permissible mm. to talk about? And so we do all the things that I went through with you. And, and you know, three, four years ago when I started, oh, you can't use this. And we had a little uh, meeting of, of about half the board recently on some issue. And they were talking about spirituality as normally as apple pie. And it was, uh, you know, I had to point out that, you know, we couldn't have done this four years ago. We, the, the president of the university is now on our board. Mm. He's so so committed to this kind of work. So um, we can change the conversation, the narrative about spirituality so that it's useful, so that it's respectful, so that it adds to both the individual and the enterprise. Well, you know, you had mentioned that workplace values had been something that, that people were more comfortable with. And, you know, for a long time, well, probably a good 15 years, in the corporate world, workplace values took front and center. And yet, um, boy, you know, what I saw was that that whole concept of defining the values of the organization um, kind of fell flat with employees. You know, they would say, yeah, 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 and then they'd say, but that doesn't really happen. And so, you know, what do you think went wrong there? Well, no, I, see, I wouldn't say it went wrong. I would say it was, as an old boss of mine used to say, it's, it was directionally correct. That is that we've got this conversation about values much more in place now, and it's much more acceptable. Whenever you bring a new conversation into some place, there are people who are skeptical about mm-hmm. it. There are people who will use it as, an, as more evidence to not work. And or there are companies who use it just because it's the latest fad and we think we need to do it, right. but it has no authenticity underneath it. Mm-hmm. So for me, the issue of, of authenticity and implementation, because both you and I have seen companies where, in fact, they have brought in values and it does work. Yes. Um, and so to, to say, well, no, it doesn't work, for me isn't, isn't accurate. I think generally it does work, mm-hmm. and, and sure, there are people who, you know, who for their own reasons or the corporate reasons don't make it work. But, mm-hmm. you know, there's also criminals, and, and most people are honest. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you were to, I think that people may see spirituality, quote-unquote, as a value. If you were going to create a list of values, they may want yeah. to put spirituality as a value, but I'm hearing you say that that's not how you would define that. No, I would define it much deeper. I would, I would f- define it as, as somehow the, the foundation or the ba- uh, upon which values are articulated and engaged with. Hmm. Um, 
but I would also say that for some people, religion is is the mm-hmm. same thing. Yeah. Boy, we have a whole lot more to talk about here, Martin. We're going to take a break. We'll be okay. back in a moment. We talk about his money. Call us toll free 866-472-5790 and talk to the experts. We talk money all the time. Voice America Business. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. Hey, Dad. What? I can't get the ketchup bottle open. Here, let me try. Here you go. Thanks. You don't have to be a hero to be a hero. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. The economy and financial markets continue to expand in both their size and complexity. But being able to anticipate changes in the markets for housing, jobs, and financial assets remains a crucial ingredient to our financial well-being. On the economy and the markets, with economist, investment strategist, portfolio manager, and host, Doug Cliggett, utilizes his 25 years of experience with that of his highly informed guests to provide clear, reasoned explanations of current events. To navigate the markets that influence our lives every day of the week, tune into The Economy and the Market. With Doug Cliggett, broadcasting each Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. The economy and the markets. Clear thoughts in a complex world. Stocks, bonds, 401ks, investments, refinancing. We can help you. Call now toll-free 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. We're speaking with Martin Root today, author of several books. Um, One of his most powerful books, Seeking the Sacred, Leading a Spiritual Life in a Secular World, before we went to break, Martin, we were talking about the Center for Spirituality in the Workplace, which you helped to found. Could you give um, people a way to connect into that? Yeah, they can sign up for our email newsletter, or just email alerts, rather, in terms of what we're up to. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's www.spiritualityandtheworkplace.ca okay. for Canada, not not the, the other word. Okay. Spiritualityandtheworkplace.ca. Okay. And uh, there's a little button there that says contact us, and you can uh, just sign in there, and we'll send you uh, the emails. Oh, terrific. Okay. Now, you have begun um, an amazing project, Project Heaven on Earth. Could you talk a bit about what that is? Well, you notice that in the these two previous um, sections here, we talked about chicken soup. Uh, for the soul at work and changing the story of what it means to be at work. 
through storytelling, and then the, our Center for Spirituality and the Work, changing the story of, about the permission to engage with spirituality and religion in the workplace through an academic institution. And so Project Heaven on Earth really goes to the next level, and it says, what's the story for the world? What's the story of what it means to be a human and what it means to be humanity? And, and I think that we've, we are in a very unique position now to begin to consciously uh, create a new story, a new narrative. But, you know, the stories that we've been, been in have been science and consumerism and materialism, um, disconnection, mm-hmm. um, you know, all the, the war stuff that's going on now. Yeah. And, and there, there is, especially in the U.S., for many people that I know, a sense of resignation now with the economy acting up. Um, and that I can't make a difference and have the kind of world I want. And so I began to say, um, well, is this possible? What's the kind of vision that we have for the world we want? And, and I came to the conclusion that the, the essence of that is that we have this notion called heaven on earth, hmm. that we know the kind of world that we want but that that has been suppressed and repressed for whatever reason you want. I'm a man, I'm a woman, I'm old, I'm young. You know, pick a reason, it doesn't matter. I want to unlock that vision. And so mm-hmm. let me just take you through very simply how we might be able to do that. That's great. So the first question I ask people is, tell me a time when you experienced heaven on earth. I, I, let me do that with you, actually. I, okay. I, I didn't tell you that was going to come, but okay. let's do it. I can play. All right, good. Tell me a time when you experienced heaven on earth. Hmm. I was on a wilderness solo, and I had been out there for um, probably about 10 days. It was a total 28 days, and I was in the mountains of Colorado. And there was a moment when a tree fell. And actually, I have never heard a tree fell. I've never seen a tree fall. And it actually fell. I heard a huge crack. It went plummeting to the ground. The ground vibrated, and my body vibrated. And this wasn't very far from me. This was probably about um, 100 yards from me. And I, in that moment, felt the connection to the earth so clearly and said, Oh, and I was so calm, and I was so clear. It was one of those moments I will never forget. Thank you. Let's just look at what happened. What I said to you was, tell me a time when you experienced heaven on earth. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk about both what you did as well as what you didn't do. So when I said, tell me a time when you experienced heaven on earth, what you did not do is you did not say, what do you mean by heaven on earth? And what's interesting to me, Cheryl, is people do not ask that question. That is interesting. What they do is they do exactly what you did, which is they go right to the incident or incidents and say, oh, a time when I experienced heaven on earth, Martin? Well, the time when da-da-da-da-da-da-da for you out in the, in the, in the bush in, uh, right. in Colorado, you know, giving birth to a child, swimming with the dolphins, mm-hmm. walking in nature, connecting with my husband, wife, child, the content for the moment is irrelevant, not irrelevant, but the, the content is not what I want to focus on. I want to focus on that we ha- know 
because you must know then what heaven on earth is for you to go and say, well, the time when I was in Colorado. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So that's question one. Question two then. Here's a magic wand, and you can have heaven on earth. Hmm. What is heaven on earth? Hmm. Complete connection to the natural world. It is everybody knowing how important they are. It is um, no self-doubt. It is clarity that we can make a difference. Yeah. Now, again, let me tell you, talk about what just happened. So I said to you, okay, here's the magic wand, which gave you permission, which also meant you didn't have to know how it was going to happen, and just allowed you to enter into the arena of description. Hmm. And you spoke, I want to talk about the energetics before I talk about the content. So the energetics were soft, direct, knowing, immediate. Hmm. Uh, it wasn't a position, you know, you've got to have connection. No, it was soft. It's, it's about, it's a connection. Hmm. Imagine a room full of people, and I've done this many, 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 many times, talking about what heaven on earth is for them. Whether it's an internal thing, an external, we can talk about what I hear, you know, after I've done this hundreds and hundreds of times, you begin to hear patterns of answers. Hmm. But the energetics is what's amazing to me, that people do know what, what it is. And so the third question, we don't need to answer it now, is, okay, then what do you need to do to begin to have more of that hmm. if you're not doing anything? Hmm. Or if you are doing something already, what more could you do to move that hmm. forward? And so that's the essence of the work. And, and what's amazing to me is how uh, completely and, and, and fully people know the answer to that question and go right to it. Interesting. And, and do you think that people who, um, who don't believe in, I would say, a certain religion or don't believe in the concept of heaven and hell from the religious perspective, do they still have that same kind of experience? They do. Um, some people, very rarely, I mean, I can count on one hand, you know, well, I don't like the word heaven. Okay, so pick another word. I don't mm -hmm. even tell them what the word is, but they know. Because mm -hmm. right. um, I don't want to get, I don't want people to get hung up with, well, it's, it's, right. it's religious and I'm trying to impose. No, um, what I'm trying to, what I'm doing is evoking what's already present within you. Not telling you the, the 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 problem with world visions before is that they've been attempts at imposition. So communism, socialism, this mm -hmm. is the way you do it, and you got to follow my orders, and everything will work. I don't think you can do that today. Mm -hmm. Rather, what you do is evoke what is already there, and then you have magic occur. Oh, that's fascinating. Have you ever had anybody say, oh, heaven was standing in a Ferrari dealership? <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's interesting. You know, for me, it just says just the level of consciousness. I mean, some yeah. people say, you know, it's a great spaghetti meal at this particular yeah. restaurant in, in, yeah. in San Francisco or whatever. When it, and it's fine because, you know, when we do these sessions, um, sometimes people say, no, it's, you've got to have... Uh, love. Love is the only way to do it. You know, somebody else said, no, what about war? you got to have war. And so they'll start to fight. And I'll right. stop that and go, right. no, 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 no. For you, it's about love. Good, go do that. Uh -huh. For you, it's about ending war. Good, uh -huh. go do that. Uh -huh. That's great. So, so you've begun this sort of like a research project where you're collecting information and, and creating experiences for people to know 
um, their own heaven on earth. And and what are you doing with this? Well, um, it's more than a, it is an ongoing research project. Yes, and I've I've written the second draft of the book mm. already on this called Project Heaven on Earth: The Work of Humanity. Mm. Um, and I've been doing seminars on this, and I've been doing talks on this, and um, the book that uh, you have, which is Seeking the Sacred, I have a chapter in that book that talks about, uh, it's kind of a synthesis of my major book, but um, I've been doing all of that work to, to get this new story mm. of what it means to be a human and, and what it means to be humanity out mm. there. And so I think this would, you know, this is a, a new meme, if you know that word, a new thought form in the world, somebody said, that heaven on earth is a new thought form. Is there a place on your website where people can go and, and answer these questions and send you their own stories? Yes, they can go to uh, actually projectheavenonearth.com, another website, um, projectheavenonearth.com. They can sign up for our, our e-newsletter there as well uh, on this. And and um, what I would ask your listeners to do is to begin to look at, you know, what's even one small thing that I can do today that would move my vision of heaven on earth forward. Um, I remember a talk that a friend of mine gave around Toyota and how you know they, they, they focus on quality improvement in minuscule amounts. How can we save a penny here or a second there? And you think, ah, oh, big deal. What doesn't make any difference? But add that up over time, over time, over time. And you know, I've, and I've spoken to thousands of people all over the world on this. And just begin to watch how the phrase heaven on earth is starting very very like a bubble, little mm-hmm. bubbles. I got a letter from a man in Louisiana who's who's doing a new book and he wants me to contribute to it called How to Create Heaven on Earth. I don't even know who he is and we're going to mm-hmm. talk. That's fantastic. You know, it makes me wonder uh, as I'm thinking about the um, the strife in the world and and you know, just thinking about the soldiers, the U.S. soldiers that are, for instance, in Baghdad, I wonder how they would answer the question for themselves. How do they experience heaven on earth on a daily basis? You know, it seems to me that they would, they would need to somehow connect into that in themselves to get through. They they would, and you know, and clearly, um, I used to think that it, it depended a lot on your circumstance, but I'm thinking less and less on that. Mm. Um, I think it depends just more on your consciousness level in terms of what heaven on earth is for you. So, for example, we had some a young man uh, write in to me from the Ukraine saying that uh, heaven on earth would be press freedom. So, mm. you know, because of the yeah, circumstances right, there, that right. would be r- relevant to him, right. but n- not so much here. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. You know, I, I want to take this conversation into um, your perspective on implications for leadership around the world, um, kind of where you see us heading and how this can make a difference. And I also want to hear about your own journey, Martin, when okay. we come back from this break. we talk about is money. Call us toll-free, 866-472-5790, and talk to the experts. We talk money all the time. Voice America Business. 
Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexasaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. Why is Pepsi cooler than Coke? Why are iPods so popular? In 2005, how can you launch a successful brand? Want to know? Learn about the fascinating and intriguing world of graphic design and branding on Design Matters with Debbie Millman. Every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time, Debbie Millman will provide you with a provocative look into the stimulating world of design as it intersects with contemporary culture. Hear what the experts have to say about creating, maintaining, and launching a brand in today's challenging marketplace. Join us every Friday at 12 Pacific Standard Time for Design Matters with Debbie Millman, right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. All we talk about is money. Call us toll-free, 866-472-5790, and talk to the experts. We talk money all the time. Voice America Business. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. Welcome back to our last segment today. We're speaking with Martin Root, co-author of the New York Times bestseller, Chicken Soup for the Soul at Work, and... Seeking the Sacred, Leading a Spiritual Life in a Secular World. Now, your latest book, Martin, that you are working on, Project Heaven on Earth, um, The Work of Humanity, is in progress. And, and in our last segment, we were speaking about people knowing what heaven on earth is to them. You know, there's a shift in leadership going on around the world, and, and I do believe in business, you know, Business is a real, has real capacity to make change happen in the world. And it seems to me that um, business and the structure of business is, is almost getting constantly thrown up against the wall as, as if, you know, there's some big entity saying, what you're doing is not working. We're going to crash this construct. You need to recreate it. And what I see coming out of it and what I hear from my clients is, they know that they need to be able to bring more of themselves to the game. They need to be able to show up in a way that is very clear and very authentic. And as we talked about in the last segment about that sense of connection and that sense of the spiritual, um, I'm hearing people say they want more of that. And so what's your take on this and what's your take on the implications for leadership around the world in these times? Ooh, this is a whole hour show, isn't it, yeah. <clears throat> answering that question. Uh, I think there's a hunger out there, Cheryl, whether conscious or unconscious, to engage more of who we are, more of our, our spiritual self in, in life, not just in work. Mm-hmm. And so... Part of my work is around work, the Chicken Soup book and the Center mm-hmm. 
for spirituality in the workplace. And it's also about, this, as we talked in the last segment, about heaven on earth, <clears throat> the, the larger frame within which all of this fits. The, what I think is beginning, to, beginning to, to emerge, I don't want to say huge emergence yet, but beginning, yeah. is this notion of it's okay to be more of my authentic self mm-hmm. in the world. And therefore, uh, I can do it at home, and I can do it in places of worship and places of recreation. But why haven't I not been able to do this at at work? Mm-hmm. And that if I do do that, I'm happier, I'm more productive, and it, the whole thing works better. Mm-hmm. So the implications for me for leadership, to, directly to your question, are: How do we encourage an atmosphere? in which more of the authentic self comes forth. Mm-hmm. Not only by the leader doing that, and, and clearly you know, you and I and others, many others are working with leaders, but whether, even if you're not a leader, because mm-hmm. you, you have leadership within yourself, and it's not dependent on position or wealth or title, that's phony. Yeah. Th- that's an excuse for, I can't be a leader only the guy or the woman at the head of the company can be because I've also spoken to people at the head of the company who say, well, I don't have a lot of power here. I'm just the president. Which, which <laughs> str- I, I don't know if you've ever heard that, but I certainly yes. heard that. <laughs> yes, many times. Yes. Uh, not many times, but times. So so this notion of bringing more of ourselves out in an inquiry and what mm-hmm. that would, would do. So how would we do that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's incumbent on us to be clear about our purpose and and clear about our purpose for me is not a good enough phrase. What I do to get really at the guts of that is to say, why are you here? Hmm. And and it's not something like, um, so I'll I'll just talk about a structure here. It's not something like to be successful. Hmm. It's being successful. The, 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 The structure of purpose is not in the infinitive, it's in the present progressive. Because I could say my purpose in life is to be spiritual, and mm. you know, the last five seconds of my life I was spiritual, I would have fulfilled that. But if I said the purpose of my life is mm. being spiritual, then every moment I have to look, am I or am I not doing my and living my purpose? Yeah. So purpose answers the question why, and then vision, what? What am I here to do? What, what, what turns me on? Or what suffering in the world do I want to end? What, what product, service? What's my contribution? What, what brings me joy and bliss? And what, what is not work for me? I mean, why? People ask me many times, are you retired or thinking about retirement? Well, what would I do in retirement? I would do what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 couldn't, I could never see that. Uh, I went to a, um, a class reunion, about 45th class reunion of our high school, and, and so many of the people were, I can't wait to retire, I can't yes. wait. And, you know, three or four of us were like, retire from what? We love what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. So, and, so clear on purpose, clarity on purpose, clarity on vision, and execution. So y- you don't go around, as my secretary says, you know, don't whine. You know, it's either, you're either... It's either showing up or it's not showing up. Hmm. So use your life as a reflection. Now, is, hmm. is my life about what I want or not? If it is, good, do more of it. If it's not, hmm. change it. Well, uh, now, how did you get to that place in your life? I know that there are listeners who are hearing us and they're nodding their heads and they're saying, that's great, 
but I'm not sure what it is I'm here to do, and I'm not sure why I'm here, and I don't know the answers to those questions. How do I find those answers? And, Martin, what about you? How did you get to there, and about what age were you? Um, I was young. I was about 12 years old when I when I had the notion that I was here to change the world. Really? Yep. And, and I, I can remember it, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, I can't do that, and, and shutting down on it. But I, I knew then. And how did you know? What what was I don't the know. indicator? I just, I just knew. Wow. I just knew. And um I also I could remember before I got married, um, saying to, to well, it wasn't my wife then, but uh to Maida that, you know, um or to myself that, you know, I'm gonna make my, my marriage work and I'm gonna make my my life my my uh, work work. Mm. Um you know, if I looked at my parents they weren't it wasn't a bad marriage. But it wasn't, you know, an inspiring marriage. Yeah. I never saw lots of inspiring marriages. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've been together now 35 years. Oh, and, and it's getting better. And yeah. I'm kind of embarrassed that people say, oh, no. But, but it is. And, and my work, yeah. I just, I, I follow my, you know, Joseph Campbell's mm-hmm. following my bliss. Mm-hmm. bliss. That, I wouldn't use that term. I, there's just this intuitive sense of I'm doing the right thing yeah. for me. And, yeah. and, and to your question... That's not taught in, in, in school. That's right. not taught in business schools. Right. It, it's, you know, you have to do it because this is this. Rather than going, no, why are you here and struggling with that question? Even, so even if it is hard for your listeners, so what? Yeah. Go to a life coach. Go online. Start looking for life purpose. Um, <laughs> stop whining, right? <laughs> stop whining. Well, who, who's the guy? Who, what color is your parachute? Oh, um, yeah. Richard Bolt. Yeah. Richard Bolt. Yeah, you know, he has a wonderful section. that wrote a little book on life's purpose, which is wonderful stuff. Um, I, I, you know, answer that question. And if you don't answer, start start an inquiry. Start asking people, you know, what do you think my life's about? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you might be surprised at the negative answers you get, but that's also use it as useful yeah. information and yeah. fodder to find out. And, and play. I mean, not play in the, in the you know, in the naive childish uh Sense, but play in the sense of. Uh, I read. I've been reading this book um, uh, recently about the notion of heaven, and one of the values that he talks about in there, a transcendent value, in, in addition to love, mm. is play, which mm. I never thought of. And he said, "No, no, play means you're, you know, you're in touch with the universe, you're in touch with yourself." Uh, and so he really heightened the notion of the value of play as a as a deeply. Uh, held and, and, and a transcendent value. Mm. Well, you know, that makes me think about how, um, you know, when we're born and we come into this world and babies are so happy and um, there's delight in their being. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's like we have to get back to that. We have to touch that. And the more in tune with that they, we are and the more in tune with our own intuition, the more we can then know what our purpose is and, and what it's about for us. You know, Cheryl, that's very good. Delight in being needs yeah. to be a new topic yeah. and, and a, a new inquiry. I, we, I don't it. see many people delighting in their being. And, and when you see them, whether they're in a shoe store or a restaurant or a mm-hmm. cop, or I mean, you just see it. Yeah. And, you know, this right. person is doing exactly what they're here to do. And that's what we all want to do. And, Martin, we have come to the end of our hour. I okay. can't believe it's gone by so fast. Well, and my delight in wonderful. being with you. <laughs> it's been wonderful having you here. Thank you. Now, if people want to know more about you and your work, where do you want to send them? They can go to three um, uh, websites. One is martinroot, R-U-T-T-E dot com. Mm-hmm. Another is spiritualityandtheworkplace.ca. Mm-hmm. 
and the final is projectheavenonearth.com. Well, Martin, this has been a wonderful hour. You are a gift to the planet. So thank you so much for Thanks. being here and helping us understand the humanity of leadership. And I'd like to remind everybody to think big because the world could be a better place because of a conversation that matters. This is Cheryl Estevito. Thank you for spending this hour with Cheryl Esposito and leading conversations. You can listen live every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you have a question or comment for Cheryl, please email her at leadingconversations at alexaconsulting.com. That's L-E-A-D-I-N-G-C-O-N-B-E-R-S-A-T-I-O-N-S at A-L-E-X-S-A-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G.com. See you next week.